Hello and welcome to the Performance Car Podcast by Motor Magazine. I'm Dylan Campbell. And I'm Scott Newman. And today we're in the 441kW Nismo GTR. <laughs> oh my god, that is, that is fast. So a little bit about this car, yes, 441 kilowatts, 652 newton meters from the venerated VR38 DEWT. This car weighs 1739 kilograms, quite a lot, and Nissan claims a 0 to 100 time of 2.6 seconds, Scotty. And that is complete rubbish. Now you've got to always be careful about, you know, calling out car manufacturers, because they don't claim these things for fun, but... We've performance tested a number of these things over the years, and if Nissan can provide a video of one of these cars getting even under three seconds, let alone doing 2.7 or 2.6, I will eat my hat. We ran performance testing on this car a couple of days ago, this Nismo, and it did 3.3 seconds to 100, and an 11.2 second quarter mile at about 203 k's an hour. Uh, we performance tested a regular GDR performance car of the year last year. It did 3.2 seconds to 100, and a very low 11 second quarter mile, so I'm sure you can see the pattern here. A normal GDR or a Nismo GDR does a low 3 second to 100 and a low 11 second quarter mile. But while it may miss its claim by quite a, mile, quite a bit, let's not be, let's not be uh, crazy here. This is still an outrageously fast car. Yeah, that's right. In case you're wondering, uh, we're on a closed circuit at the moment, Haunted Hills, which is southeast of Melbourne. It's a very tight, twisty circuit, and you'd think in a big, heavy car like the Nismo GTR, it'd feel like a go-kart track, but actually it doesn't feel too bad, and there's not getting away, there's no getting away from the fact that this is still a crazy fast car. Absolutely. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the, the engine under the bottom of this, yes. Dylan. Uh, what are your feelings, what are your thoughts about the uh, VR38? Because as you can hear, it doesn't sound... You know, it doesn't sound visceral and supercar like an Audi R8 V10 or maybe a AMG GT. Yeah, I feel very affectionate about this engine. Like, yeah, it's not a, it's not like a classic um, sort of heroic supercar engine or sports car engine or anything like that. It's a 3.8 litre V6. Um, it doesn't make a particularly special noise, you would say, like an Audi R8 V10 or V6s are hard to get to sound good. That's aren't right. They? Yeah, I mean, we've driven a few V6s lately that sound quite good. Um, like an F-Type V6 sounds really good. Um, even Mercedes C43 AMG, that's a surprisingly good sounding engine. This engine, it sounds different. It still sounds good, but it's visceral, and uh, to me it sounds really real, This the engine in this car. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's the thing. It's almost more important. Well, not necessarily more important, but it is important that the sound of a car matches its personality, matches its character, I think. And as you can hear, this isn't going to be a car that gets the, the noise, that gets the spines tingling on the back of your neck, but... It suits the car. It's kind of, you know, the, the GDR is thought of as like the road terminator. It destroys any any road it, it uh, enters because it's so fast and so locked down. And the engine noise seems to sort of th suit that. It's, you know, it's industrial. It's kind of purposeful. It's got whooshes and whines from the turbos. Um, if you do open these cars up with an aftermarket, aftermarket exhaust, they do sound pretty cool, actually. They've got this really mm. crisp snarl to them. But even in standard form, I think... Yeah, you know, it's not going to maybe turn people's heads, but it does suit the character of the car. And having said all that, this is this is a, a windows-down car still. I was driving it the other day, and I drove past a, a wall, and I gassed it, and it sounded angry and 
um, aggressive and technical. It sounded really, really good, and it, I wanted to do it again. So that, that does say something about the way it sounds. Absolutely, and this is a pretty special engine, actually. You talk about this car that we're in right now, the Nismo has almost 100 kilowatts more than when the GTR first appeared uh, 10 years ago. It's almost 10 years to the day that the R35 still, uh, first came out. But for an, a manufacturer to extract almost 100 kilowatts more out of an engine is quite remarkable. And, but it doesn't feel grumpy or gruff or anything like that. It feels still very smooth. The response is still good, even though it must have quite... I mean, this car's got the turbos from the GT3 car, so that must be quite a bit bigger. Mm. Uh, but it's still got great low-end response. It pulls really well to, you know, we floor the throttle here, and it will rev all the way to 7,000 RPM and a little bit beyond if you're, if you're lucky. So it's still a really smooth engine even though they've obviously turned the screws right up on it yeah and i mean the, the gtr as well let, let's talk about how when it first came out it was it's sort of like a very digital focused computerized uh sports car and a lot was made about all the technology in the car uh made simply for the purpose of going fast but the gdr has been out, around for a while now and the game has moved on a little tiny bit and it's changed where the gdr sits in the whole landscape and now it feels almost delightfully analog and mechanical. Absolutely, it's sort of a weird thing, isn't it? You know, you stand still long enough, not that the GDR stood still, but the basic, you know, there hasn't been a new one. The basic structure of this car is the same and it's that stands still long enough, the uh, everything else will go past you. And again, back in 2007, this was like the PlayStation supercar mm. with all its, you know, electronics and its diffs and everything like that. But now it does feel quite yeah, quite old school in some ways. I mean, not just the noises it makes with the clunking of the diffs and stuff like that, but the steering, for instance, is a real highlight. It's still hydraulically assisted. So you get a lot of textural feedback through the wheel, which is sort of, you don't really miss it until it's not there. You drive a new new car though, and you go, oh, hang on. You haven't got quite that same sort of feeling through the front end, whereas in a car this fast, it's important to have that feel and it's a really good example of why hydraulically assisted steering, you know, got developed for so many years and it is really, really good in this car and it's taken electric systems quite a long time to catch up. And even so, I wouldn't necessarily say they've surpassed the steering in this car. And the, the Nissan GTR just generally, and it includes the Nismo to, to some extent, on paper, it's, um, it's a pretty intimidating car. It's got a crazy amount of power. It's a big, heavy car. It's got a, obviously a very mechanical all-wheel drive system. Scotty, do you find this car scary or fun to drive fast? Well, I think one of the great misconceptions about the GDR is that it's... How many times have you read a review about this R35 GDR that it's a, you know, it drives itself? Any idiot can drive it fast, which is complete nonsense. It has really great electronic systems in it. And it has, obviously, all-wheel drive, a lot of grip. So if you leave everything in nanny mode, you know, your average driver would probably get, probably go a lot faster in this car than, say, you know, maybe even an Audi R8 or certainly a Porsche GT3 or something like that. But if you turn the systems off in this car, it can be a real handful. You have to be absolutely at the top of your game to get the most out of this GDR. It's because it's got so much grip and so much power. When it does let go, you're going really fast and. It's not stuck to the ground, you know. It's not stuck to the ground like some, you know, slot car. It, it's happy to move around. Although one interesting thing about this, even in the Nismo, you can't turn the ESP all the way off. 
it'll let you still have a bit of slide as we can see but even though I've got ESP I didn't actually have ESP all the way off there but even with ESP all the way off it'll still be flashing on the dash I mean it's that old argument if you could probably still crash this car with ESP off even though it's on so it doesn't really matter but it's a good example of as you can see this car will still easily move around on the throttle and because it's so big and so heavy it generates so much momentum and so much speed that if you're going to drive it at its limit you're really going to have to be awake yeah that's right and i find it these with the, with the gtr just generally it's a big heavy car it's got a lot of grip um, but it still can't get away from physics and you're really wide awake driving this car fast because it, it's not the kind of car that you want to get away from you. It starts to get away from you and you're going to have a big crash. There's so much energy and weight in the car. Um, yeah, it's very um, a very eye-opening car to, to be driving quickly. So that's, I guess, to answer your question that I didn't really answer is, is it fun? Yeah, it is fun. Because A, there's reward coming back from the car. As I said, the steering's very good and you, you can really feel what the car's doing. B, it will still move around. There's a reward that if you put in the effort and you drive well, the car will respond to you. And equally, and then I guess finally C is that there's still that fear factor. I think cars, if there was no danger, I mean no danger at all, there'd be no thrill. It's excitement. So therefore you do get that rush of when the car steps out and you need to correct it. It's good fun. And you go, whoa, that was cool. I like it. So yeah, I think it is fun. And there's, it's interesting with the GTR, there's this perception that it is a very computerised car. It's only interested in lap times. Uh, it's not interested in going sideways or anything like that. And when it does, it does it very reluctantly. Not true. No, not true at all. I mean, we're cruising around this tight little track now. And, you know, you've got to be a bit careful because we don't have a lot of room to play with. But equally, this is a car that's, you know, it's happy to down in a second gear corner. You get, it, get the nose in and then give it some throttle on the exit and around it goes. And happy to... Happy to step out and we go up over this crest and give it a bit of throttle. There we go, we can leave some rubber on the road. And as I said, this ESP light is still flashing at me, but <laughs> ESP still, but as you can see, it's still letting the car have plenty of attitude on it. So yeah, this is still a very much a driver's car. So let's talk about the Dismo GTR as a road car. A lot, have been made, a lot has been made about the car's ride, um, and you may have met, read some reviews that talk about how it's an insufferable, really bumpy car, but it's interesting, I found that not to actually be the case. No, absolutely, I agree with you. I approached this and thought, oh, having read some of those reviews but not driven the car, and driven previous GDRs, oh, that could be a little bit punishing, let's say, in the, in the way they had, attacked bumps, but... So I thought, oh, I've got a, high, a hardcore version of that. Oh, you're just going to get a headache in it. But this car is actually pretty good. It is definitely stiffer than the regular car. Uh, in the regular car, you can drive around in normal mode now pretty comfortably. Whereas this car, you definitely need to press comfort mode on the road. At the moment, we're just in normal and it's still plenty stiff. Um, but yeah, if every now and then, if you go over tram tracks or railway lines or something, something nasty, you'll end up jiggling about like this and uh, but on you know the highway on regular sort of bumpy more undulating roads i think it's fine you know it's it's not comfortable but it's equally it's not you know it's not at all brutal or anything like that like previous gtrs could occasionally be yeah i mean make no mistake this is not a bentley continental by <laughs> by any stretch it's still a quite a focused car it's heavy as a bentley continental no, that's <laughs> not true. sorry Nissan, that's not true they're about 500 kilos that part <laughs> 
Um, but however, this is like a quite a nice road car um, for, for a car that's very track focused. We've still got back seats back there, nice uh, lashings of Alcantara. Um, it's not too loud, it's still got your door handles, you've still got a good stereo. Um, the Nismo GTR is, um, yeah, it's, an, it's a nice place to be on the road. Yeah, that's why it sort of impressed me. There was the temptation, I guess, that perhaps other manufacturers have done. It's a track special, therefore there's got to have nothing in it, and it's got to have, you know, completely empty, and you've got to wear earmuffs driving it. But kudos to Nismo on this. It's still got a decent sound system. It's still got sat-nav. You've got leather and everything. You've got uh, all the creature comforts you'd really expect of a regular car. And that makes it a lot more habitable, especially having back seats. I mean, I don't think this car is particularly any more taxing to drive than a regular GDR. Hmm. And I think the takeaway from all this is uh, we've been pleasantly surprised by the Nismo GTR. It's actually really good, and we like it a lot. Absolutely. Uh, I came in sceptical to this car. I thought, oh, God, you know, 300 grand for a Nissan? Like, how can it be that good? Especially when the normal GDR is also already very, 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 very capable. But... This car does feel special. There's something about it that gets under your skin. And, you know, Nissan is not an exotic nameplate historically, but this car does feel quite exotic. Yeah, and $300,000 or just just short of three hundred grand is a lot of money for a Nissan and a lot of money for a GTR. It's uh, more than a hundred grand more than a, than the track edition, I think. Yeah. Um, but there are people out there who, they don't want a 911 Turbo or a Ferrari or something like that they want a Japanese performance car there's a lot of love out there for Japanese performance and the Nismo GTR ticks that box absolutely I mean one thing that came back when we were doing performance car of the year last year I found myself driving the GTR and going oh compared to the 911 turbo it's this compared to the Audi R8 it's that and then I realized oh hang on it's like half the price mm. but even though this car like when you bring up 911 turbo is this car as good objectively good as a 911 turbo probably not but but it's cheaper it's every bit as fast and it's more playful so i can kind i can totally see why someone would approach this car and go you know what this ticks my boxes i really like this car because it's not some you know it's not some computer on wheels it's got a lot of personality which i think maybe we didn't expect and i've got to say um i'm liking the gtr these days it has been around a little while now but um it is feeling delightfully mechanical. You've got the hydraulic steering, at least we think this car has hydraulic steering. Um, it's playful, it is so fast. The GTA is so incredibly fast, has Absolutely. so much grunt, amazing traction. Uh, and it's very easy to feel really affectionate about the GTR. I feel very affectionate about it. Absolutely, it's, and it gets so many looks. Like this, this is a real hero car. It's a, uh, you know, you the way this thing looks on the street it wears its spoilers and it wears its you know flashy rims and it's almost you know cartoon Japanese race car looks really really well it suits the car it doesn't look some you know some cars the more spoilers and stuff you stick on them you go it's a bit grotesque you've ruined the lines of the car whereas maybe it's because the GDR is a bit square and a bit boxier but it looks tough it kind of looks like a GD3 car for the road which you know has a certain it's not going to appeal to everyone but I think for the people it does appeal to, they're going to get a kick out of it. Now, Scotty, the bottom line question, would you spend $299,000 on this car, the Nismo GDR? Would I? I would not. There's a couple of caveats to that, though. One is, I wouldn't because the Nissan GDR track pack, which I've driven briefly at Phillip Island, feels very similar to this car. The big difference between a regular GDR and the Nismo when you first drive it is, 
the amount of front end purchase it's got. It just the fr- the front tires of the car are absolutely nailed to the road. It just does not want to understeer. Whereas in the regular car, it hasn't quite got the tires. It hasn't got, got quite the, the front track, so it can occasionally push. And that that confidence gives you a lot of stability in corners, and you can really push push hard with confidence. And the GTR Track Pack has that. It's got the similar body shell. It's got same wheels and tyres, similar suspension for 80 grand less. So if you want a track focused GDR, that's the sensible choice because it's, I think, 225, 230 grand versus 300 for this. Mm. But I would not buy this car because it's not quite for me. But like, if you're a GDR fan, I think the way this thing looks and the way it feels, and also, you know, you get cool carbon bits you open the bonnet or you open the boot and you can see all the black weave and everything it feels special so yeah I think it probably is worth 300 grand it's not worth 300 grand to me but there you can almost as crazy as it seems you can see the value in this thing yeah this car's dripping in cool factor there's so much cool stuff all over the car it's a geek fest anybody who's bought, bought one of these cars is going to be really happy with their purchase absolutely so and there's not many you're never going to really see another one because they only can bring in a handful, I think. There might be... If there were 10 in the country at the moment, I'd be extremely surprised. And this is actually a... Uh, this is actually a customer's car that's... This is a media car, but it will go to a customer after this. So we'll try and be nice to it. So there you have it, the Nismo GTR. A lot of love for this car from us. It's just surprising to, to a, a small extent. Let us know what you think in the comments below, uh, what you'd like to see us do a podcast on next. Uh, But until next time, that's the Performance Car Podcast from Motor Magazine. (laughs) Bye. Bye.